What is up? What is happening? Welcome back to episode 131 of Skates at the Stakes. Since the last time we recorded, the Islanders got two big wins coming back from the uh, depressing Sharks game. And they're balling again. We beat Columbus. We beat the Kings. We have a lot of um, talking points to talk about today. And we have a new friend. We have a new friend on the New York Islanders. Boys, I know you guys are together right now. You you just saw the uh, Sopranos podcast show. What did you guys just see at the Paramount? Give us a little uh, breakdown. We, we Hey, guys. Um, Ryan here with Jake in my apartment. Um, so recording this one after we saw uh, In Conversation with the Sopranos, where we saw Bobby Bacala, Christopher Maltesanti, and uh, Big Pussy uh, from the <laughs> show. Uh, basically just talk through scenes and... Uh, their favorite moments. It was cool. It was at the Paramount in Huntington, so we, we had a good time, and now we're just kind of debriefing back in my place. Yeah, it was very good. Um, some stories I knew just from listening to the podcast, but there were some others I didn't know, so I thought that was cool. Um, some fans asked some really dumb questions, but uh, yeah, it was pretty fun, and now we get to talk about um, the Islanders, which uh, off two wins. What was the worst question that was said? Oh, there was one guy who, uh, if he's a listener, I feel bad, but he basically like asked Christopher if they wrote the episodes uh, based off real events like South Park, like the same week. <laughs> he was like, "Do you guys like uh, would would you write the episode based on stuff in real life?" And they were like, "No, we would just write it based on the story." And he wouldn't he wouldn't take no for an answer. He's like, "Are you sure?" And he's like, yeah. "And then he was like, why not?" And I'm like, oh my god! Just they want to go home just as much as we do. Just, just move on, because they let 20 fans ask questions. Some are good, but some are like, uh, "What was your favorite line?" Did they, they ask? Said it like an hour ago. Did they say or ask anything? Uh, spoiler alert! 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 Wow! It's late. Spoiler alert! Did they ask anything about the ending of Sopranos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there were some good questions about like when they knew that it would fade out at the end and stuff. Um, you know, there, there were some good questions. It, it was fun. If, if you're a fan of the show, I'd recommend either listening to the podcast or seeing it live. Cause it was a lot of fun to see them and they're really funny in person, especially Bobby. I can only imagine the New York Islanders might be more fun in person though. What a game <laughs> on Thursday, man. I know we didn't make it easy against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Matthew Barzal, Bo Horvat, Barzvat, Stellar. Ever since Lou called them out, sort of called them out, they've been cooking. Barzal, another four-point night. Bo Horvat, two goals in like 30 seconds or a minute, three-point night. Noah Dobson, two-point night, and a beautiful sauce to Pierre Engwald to get, get the game going in the first period. This team's turned the corner. This team has turned the corner I'm going to say it right now. This is going to be a hot take. This is going to be a bad take. We're going to look at this at the end of the year and say, wow, you overreacted. Noah Dobson will get a Norris vote. Not a first place vote, but right now he's probably the third, fourth, or fifth, more likely fourth or fifth best defenseman in hockey. He's great offensively. He's been incredible in his own end, and he's also, I think, leading the NHL in time on ice since the Ottawa Senators game, which makes sense because of the injuries we've had with Pelic, Aho, and now Pulak, who's on IR. Dobson's been incredible, man. I know we've been praising him every podcast, but he just keep, he just keeps getting better and better. So happy about that. Anybody have any opinions on my hot take of him getting a Norris vote? 
No, that's not a that's not a hot take at all. I mean, someone will give him a down ballot. Norris, uh, him getting a top three vote would be a hotter take. But even then, I think that's definitely going to happen. That he'll wind up on the top three of at least one ballot. But I don't know if he'll podium. So that's that's a fine take. I mean, you guys know where I was last episode. I was a lot more frustrated with the team after the Sharks game. After like AJ and Jake, and we kind of had an early lead against the Jackets, and we blew it in the second period, where they went up 2-1, and I was just so frustrated. Like, I I honestly moved the game from my primary screen for the first time, and that's normally a sign that the season's starting to end. And then I just see goal go in, and goal go in, and goal go in. Um, And it was just really, like, I was happy once we exploded against Columbus, but I was like, guys, come on, let's just have a full 60-minute performance. Um, But, you know, once they really took the reins of the game in the second, they did not let their foot off the gas. And that was the dominant third period I wanted to see all season. Just, like, completely lights out, blow them away, foot on the throat. Like, absolutely awesome third. And uh, I was really happy. The Barzal performance, the Dobson performance, uh, the Bo Horvat performance. One of his, or definitely his best as an Islander. Yeah, the last time Noah Dobson has gotten less than 25 minutes was um, November 22nd against the Flyers. So he's been consistent. It's, I, mean, I know the numbers... He got 31 minutes, so that obviously helps, but he's been consistently getting 28, 25, 27, 26, 26. Um, yeah, I was a bit worried um, because, like, they had the lead and everyone was like, oh, we all know what's going to happen. And then they gave up a goal like 10 seconds or minutes at the period or whatever. And then they just kept controlling. Uh, Bo Horvat really took over. Uh, Matt Barzell took over, as we know. Um, two really good goals, and they're really cooking. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say we'll call them out, but, I mean, Lou knows these guys. Lou said, oh, I know they can do better, and, you know, they've proved that. That's very true. So it was a very complete performance. I was very happy with it. Last time they scored seven, uh, that many goals was against the Leafs last year. Um, that was the national TV Kyle Quarterbuck game. Pierre Engvall scored on a great feed from Noah Dobson. Um, they had a really bad few-minute stretch, um, and then my whole section chanted the fire Lambert, and that Carterbuck should be gone, and then Carterbuck scored a minute later. That was really funny. Um, and then they kind of turned around from there. Um, so, yeah, that was a complete win. They should have beat the Blue Jackets, who were – I mean, you should beat the Blue Jackets on your own, but uh, they were missing a ton of guys, and that's what they did. So I, I was happy with the performance, and, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone should have been complaining after that. But yes. people did. Um, <laughs> yes and no. I was happy that we won, obviously. There was that one shift, like you just mentioned, where they just got circled around by the crappy Columbus Blue Jackets for like a minute and a half. They just couldn't get the puck out. They didn't take a penalty. They didn't let up a goal. They bent. They bended. They did not break, which was good to see. Uh, Adam Fantilli, really good shot. You cannot leave this guy wide open. Very talented. One of the more talented top three NHL drafts we've had in at least the last few years, at least, with Fantilli. Leo Carlson's been good, and Bedard's a stud, obviously. So I'm not happy that Fantilli was scoring, but I guess in, in the long run, like, oh, I guess it's cool that we saw a Fantilli goal, but fuck that guy. So maybe it's not cool. Marley was good. Didn't really have to make too many great saves, if I recall. And, yeah, they did have Fire Lambert chance going, and then Cal Clutterbuck shut them up. I think a minute later, he scored right after, which was hysterical. It's going to happen every time we lose a game. People are going to get pissed off. I know the Sharks team was very embarrassing and uh, debatably a fireball offense for Lane Lambert, but 
but it feels like we're going to do the whole two steps, two to three steps forward, one step back. And every time we take that one step back, everyone's going to freak out and call for Lambert's head. Yes, he's not a great coach, but also the guys need to play better in front, in front, not in front of him, obviously, but in front of him. You know what I mean? They got to step up. They got to take responsibility, which they are probably. They're probably all taking responsibility for their actions. We're not in the locker room. We don't see what's going on every day. So we don't know what they're saying to each other, what they're dealing with, what they're trying to do to fix everything. But, you know, power play is still really good. Penalty kill is still really good. Five on five can get better. It's not bad, though. Goaltending's good. It's a good hockey team. And we have a new friend in Robert Bortuzzo because Ryan Pulak was placed on IR, which is never a good sign now that Pulak and Pelic are both out. Yeah, I believe on Thursday afternoon, um, or yeah, maybe it was Friday. It was Friday yeah, afternoon. Friday, the game's Thursday. Yep, so Friday afternoon, um, you know, at like 3.50, I got a random notification from the Islanders team account. Pulak's injury reserved. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't even remember him getting hurt in the Jackets game. Uh, he had also had that goal earlier in the week against the Sharks. And I was like, all right, um, Pulak's hurt. I, I'm not going to panic because Pulak's been up and down this season. But, like, he's one of your top four D-men. You, you kind of need to resolve that as soon as possible. And as I've said many times, like, our right side of our defense between Dobson, Pulak, Mayfield, that's supposed to be our strength, our strong side. Um, and then, like, five minutes later, Lou makes a trade. He flips a seventh round pick to the St. Louis Blues for Robert Bertuzzo. Um, immediately started kind of rabbit holing who Bart Bertuzzo was again. Like he's a name who's been around the NHL for a long, long time. Uh, former Pittsburgh Penguin who went to the St. Louis Blues in, I believe, 2015 and then was the longest tenured member of the Blues roster. He played a pretty significant depth role on the Cup team for the Blues that won. Um, he's famously. Had a famous fight with Zach Stanford on his own team in practice uh, that many of people on the Blues point to as the moment where that season started to turn around and Craig Berube won the locker room on their way to the Stanley Cup. He was also a part of the five that was picking out Gloria in the bar and that, uh, as everyone knows, became associated with the Blues Cup run that year. But besides that, you know, Bortuzzo was kind of like their Scott Mayfield, a lot worse than Scott Mayfield, but just like your right-handed defenseman on your bottom pair that throws cross checks and plays tough. Uh, we've seen it a couple times with one Brock Nelson, also Adam Pellick, getting the cross check from Bertuzzo. Uh, Nelson's was particularly violent in the past. But like as a depth move, to be able to pick up a guy for $1 million who can play on a bottom pair um, and give you quality NHL minutes on a penalty kill as well. I always say how hard it is to get defense in this league, but I think this was just like masterful by Lou to find this guy who was just kind of sitting on the bench in St. Louis who was able to come in, slot in, play the Coburn role, play five to ten games, and, like, help us right the ship. I like it a lot. I think the team could really use his uh, physicality. Uh, physicality, excuse me. He made a, one really good defensive play in his first game. He's also wearing number 41. He looks like a bigger Travis Zajac, uh, wearing Zajac's old number in reverse, 14 to 41, which was pretty funny. I had a tweet about that. But I think it's a good move. I'm hoping he doesn't look like a traffic cone out there, and I don't think he will. We'll see. We gave up a seventh-round pick. It's a really good move, in my opinion. We need the depth, and he's a 
he's a very serviceable NHL player. So we'll see how it pans out. Hopefully Pulak and Pelik are back. But long term for the rest of the season, I'm very happy to have Bortuzzo as a 6th or 7th defenseman. And he's, you know, good ad in my opinion. As long as he's a better number 41 than David Olstrom, uh, Dmitry Timoshov, and Nikita Sashnikov, I think I think it'll be pretty good. Um, the last time we traded a seventh-round pick, we obviously got uh, for a defenseman. Uh, we obviously got Brayden Coburn, who only played three games for the Islanders. So he plays more than three games. I think it's very much worth the seventh-round pick. Um, he's going to step up big for this stretch. And it's not like his contract's going to run out when these guys are healthy. You're still going to have good depth um in Robert Bertuzzo in Mike Riley you know we'll get into him obviously um as he's shown he's more than just depth at this point but you know he's a good penalty killer he's a big physical guy he had a big hit yesterday um some some people call him dirty I don't think I don't think he's a dirty player I just think he's a solid veteran ad and he's gonna step up big um Grant Hutton was just sent down um, per the NHL website, so Ajo is back, um, which is a good thing. And it'll be interesting to see where he plays tomorrow because that's where he played with uh, Bull Duke, um, which is uh, possibly the worst player to play next to in your uh, Islander debut. But um, I didn't watch the game. I missed the game. I didn't know how good he looked. I heard some good things. I heard he was physical, and he well, he did get penalty killed. Penalty kill time, so I think he'll fit in nicely. And I, you know, for a seventh round pick, uh, I don't think anyone's going to complain. And the best part of all. He is Italian, so the Islanders do get another Italian, which, as we all know, is a very good thing. For the Italia. Yeah, that's it on board. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm excited to see what happens. Like, if now we if we play the 7D game, you know, if Ajo's coming back, he'll stick around. I wonder if we carry 8D on our NHL roster just so we don't have to lose someone. Uh, Bolduke's definitely the first name I'd cut, but <laughs> Bortuzzo and Riley... And Ajo, I, I'd consider all these guys like good quality NHL depth, which, you know, we really have filled out this defensive position with a lot of guys we like. But we'll talk Riley in a minute. I think he solidified his spot in the lineup, as we kind of talked about last pod. Sucks that Pelik's going to, or Pulak's, Pulak and Pelik and Ajo for a little bit longer are going to be out, but. You know, I think I think we'll be able to hold the fort for the next two or three games, um, and just get to the other side. Pelic skating again, Aho, yeah, skating again on his own. Aho is skating as well. So I think I think we'll be able to figure that out. Um, but yeah, that, 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 that's all I really have to say on board. I guess the question is, when everyone's healthy, what would you what would you make the pairs? Ooh. Same as they started the year, but Riley's replacing Aho. Okay. Yeah, probably keep board so okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably. I think I do like Riley Mayfield. I don't think Bulldog should be on the second pair, but like, do you move Riley up? Like, I don't know. Um, uh, I was saying this before. Like, in all reality, this decor might not ever be healthy at the same time. Because when everyone's back, they might actually do want to sit down Scott Mayfield because he clearly is not healthy right now. So that could be a thing that happens. But a month ago, our seventh defenseman was Sam Bulldog. Now we have Mike Riley, Robert Bertuzzo. Uh, you know, so I think. You know, getting a waiver claim and trading a second for good depth, I think that's a very good move by Lou. I said seventh, I know. I thought you said second. I heard that second. Would be bad. Yeah, someone, <laughs> someone on Twitter told me that uh, because we traded the seventh means uh, we're not drafting this year. So, uh, guys, clear up draft weekend on your calendars because Lou Lou's going to blow up the draft because he traded the seventh rounder for Robert Portuzo, who Butch calls Tuzi. He said, 
but he's calling him Tuzi. We will not get a Dennis Goodbog this year. Yeah. Lou wants to move up the uh, stay home draft policy already. Wow. Crazy. It's a good move. That's right. <laughs> it's great. I like him. He's going to be good. Uh, yeah, I think, like Jake said, Mayfield should sit a little bit because he's obviously banged up right now. He said it to Rosner the other day that, you know, some days it's worse than others. Let him try to get fully healthy. Bortuzzo could do Mayfield's job debatably better. As I don't want to, like, sound mean to Mayfield right now, but Bortuzzo's that mean son of a bitch we need on the back end. Mayfield is mean. Mayfield stepped up for bars all last night. Mayfield had an assist yesterday. I can't talk too much about his game because I was watching on my phone. I wasn't really watching too, too closely. I was out with, uh, with some friends. But Mayfield was a very big piece in yesterday's win, to be fair. But we got to get this guy healthy. And it's never a bad thing to have another tough son of a bitch on the back end. So, definitely, uh, he's, if we make playoffs, when we make playoffs, Fortuz will be a guy that I'm very excited to see play for the Islanders in playoffs. But... We'll see who we have at that point and who's healthy because we might never be healthy. But it's looking good right now with Pelic starting to skate, Aho starting to skate. It's just kind of who do we want, either Riley or Aho. And I think I kind of want Mike Riley. I know, take Mike Riley every day of the week. I know we, over the summer, were like, oh, maybe Aho could develop his game a little bit more offensively. And he's been fine in his own end. He has his moments, obviously. He falls. We all know that. But Mike Riley offensively is really good. Like, we all knew that going into acquiring him off waivers, that Mike Riley is going to be good in the offensive zone and pretty bad in the defensive zone. He's had some okay moments defensively. He's had some very bad moments defensively. But offensively, he's able to hold his own. He's able to run the second power play unit and make them look better. They haven't been great so far, but I do like Mike Riley running that power play unit. And I think he just brings more than Aho. I know he's more of a he's more of a gambler type defenseman where, like I said, he's gonna try to do more offensively and take those risks. But so far they've been paying off. Can't really complain there. Defensively, he's had some lapses, but hasn't been as bad as Sam Bolduc's been, so you know. They have the same amount of points and Riley has thirteen less games. I'm fat. Yeah, the the thing I want to say about Riley, too, and we'll get into the Kings game in a minute. Um, that was my favorite game of the season so far. But a thing I've noticed about Mike Riley, and I was kind of asking for it at the beginning of the season, was we need more guys on the back end who can shoot because that's how you activate Anders Lee. Um, you know, have guys you could throw the puck on net. Not like Romanov style where you just throw it at the goalie to save it, but like someone who's going to fire a puck off, you know, the goalie's pads and create a rebound um, so that we could get a greasy goal most of our goals this year honestly have been pretty like they've been pretty goals but we haven't really scored too many greasers um but yeah you know in the last game uh mike riley shot it at the goalies pads and Anders lee was able to turn around and put the puck in the back of the net um and then lee also got activated on the scott mayfield shot which had a real had a pretty a much cleaner uh deflect or saved by the goalie um and then lee put that one in the back of the net as well um and just having guys on the back end who aren't afraid to shoot and aren't afraid to like move the puck in a little bit and throw it off the goalie's pads that's going to activate offense for our forwards there's going to be no negative like to that uh riley's taking three four five shots a game depending on the opponent i'm really impressed by his willingness to shoot um maybe it's just the novelty but like aha was very reluctant to shoot dobson shoots the hell out of the puck 
Rajo shoots is just horrible at it. Yeah, Rajo isn't a good shot. They're snowballs, they're pillows. <laughs> Ramanov, too. Ramanov tries to shoot. We can't hit the net. Shooter. It's fast. We can't yeah, it's fast. It just misses, and Pulak misses the net. But just having Riley able to pinpoint and get it on net, it activated Lee. And then Scotty. Scotty has a sneaky good shot, but he also um, he was able to get one that got Lee going. And uh, great game against the Kings. We'll get to it in a moment. But that that's just kind of my observation there, that two two defensemen basically created goals by just being willing to move in and shoot yeah um i was at the uh i was obviously at the columbus game and there was one stretch where he just got like three shots on net and philzy fax tweeted this that he's second um in shots per 60 this year and obviously you know as he plays more you know minutes that'll go down but he's got 14 shots per 60 and you know that kind of tracks because he, he has been shooting the puck a ton and it's been on that which is a really good thing and it's helped him get a few assists he has, uh, he has four points in six games yeah we'll see how the mike riley update continues but <laughs> as ryan mentioned anders lee biggest game of the season and he stepped up when the team needed him the most we've had guys step up and make the game theirs like, one player, like Barzal, he's been stepping up. I know Horvat and Dobson have helped him, obviously, getting a lot of assists, but Barzal's been taking that step, being the guy, and putting the team over the hump the last few games. The Kings game was Anders Lee. You get, you'll give credit to everyone that deserves it, obviously, like Scott Mayfield, uh, Sorokin, and everyone else that deserves it, but Anders Lee, two massive goals, two greasy goals, and this is what we needed from him. This is why I haven't been worried about him the last week and a half. He looks a lot better, and he's getting the front of the net, and he's getting the chances now. The chances are coming his way. Mike Riley's hoping that happen, so that's cool, but we knew this was going to happen some point rather than later. He's looked a lot better. I feel a lot better about Anders Lee, and he stepped up massively he helped us win a big hockey game and we needed that we needed that he stepped up he was the guy and that must feel amazing for him because he knows he's struggling this year and we don't want to crap on Anders Lee but the first two or three weeks were bad man so shout out Lee Pajot with the OT winner beautiful goal beautiful play by Holmstrom elite Simon Holmstrom you love to see it and we gave the Kings their first away loss of the season. Sucks to suck. Yeah, I mean, it was a historically significant win for us. Like, I mean, Elliot tweeted it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Underneath, there's an Elliot, the Islanders. Yeah, but, um, it, you know, the Kings had just broken the record for longest win streak on the road to start a season. And they were going for the tie for the all-time win streak on the road at 12. Um, and, you know, you never want someone to break home or break a record on your home ice. And it's UBS Arena. Honestly, there hasn't been too much history there. And we don't want another team making history on our ice. So it was really cool for two of the elder statesmen who we've been begging to step up all year to make the impact that they did, especially, I mean, the goal scorers, be it Lee. Stepping up, he looks like he's finally finding his game i think he's gonna pace towards 20 to 25 goals like we kind of expected going into the year i think he's about to hit his stride um i knew once he started getting like once he scored his second i felt like he was gonna score a bit more and he has um you know if he as long as he scores one goal every two or three games we're fine with it we just need him to get back to that level of production 
Pajot, you know, he's lost the shot, but maybe he just learned that he can put the puck in the back of the net without lifting it. Um, so hopefully, yeah. hopefully that helps him. But yeah, it was a really good shift at three on three. Um, still mind blown that we were able to beat the Kings that easy at the end and that we wore them down. There was some like, I guess not suspect officiating, but it wasn't like, you know, it, it felt like the power plays, they probably earned one or two more that they didn't get, but, you know, that's that's just the refs. You can't really do anything about that. The Kings fans calling for Andres yes. Lee's head. <laughs> those are those are some psychopaths out there, but um, I'm not I'm not really going to get too into it. I don't think Lee did anything wrong, really. Absolute babies. I want to get into babies. it. I, this... No, go ahead, because I, I don't have a lot of thoughts. I just need to get a life. You don't have thirty-two thoughts. Um, it was it was really funny, man. I didn't know the Kings. I mean, I know they have probably a decent fan base because they're based in Los Angeles. I didn't realize they were this annoying, though. It was so funny. Someone made a two-minute and ten-second compilation about the refs sucking in the Islanders Kings game. The Andersley, uh, what's it? When he went neon neon Gavrikov. It's not. We're not gonna celebrate that. But Gavrikov pinched on Lee, and Lee had was trying to get the puck. And you're gonna slow it down. Looking at hockey highlights, replays, and slow motion for hits, it's not in real time. No one. I mean, a lot of people understand that. But if you keep on slowing it down, you got to also remember this isn't in real time. It's slowed down, and the guy, you know, the game's so quick. I didn't think that one was bad. I was I wasn't thrilled that Gavrikov and Lee went knee on knee though. I can understand if we were in that spot we'd be pissed off. But as a neutral, I would say that was not dirty, just unfortunate. And then they're bitching about Cali the Caliab slew foot when like these guys are creating the contact and then slowing down. Oh, like it wasn't good by Anders Lee. He did slew foot him, yes, but it wasn't purpose. It wasn't on purpose. He wasn't like there was no intent behind it. He's, their legs just got tangled, and it did create a slew foot motion, but they were tangled. It wasn't like he did it out of a, with a dirty intent, like uh, what's-his-face did tonight. Ryan Strom, who got a five on Kyle Connor for knee-on-knee knee action with fuck Ryan Strom. Kind yeah, of weird to remember him as an Islander. But. If you think he could have did anything there, I mean, uh, you just quite don't know how Andrews like fights. Oh, and then this one guy was pissed off that Drew Doughty got a penalty after he took out Clutterbuck when the whistle was blown ten like five seconds before the fact, and he went after Clutterbuck and knocked him down. Like no shit, that's a penalty, dude. Come on, but that's kind of that. And then they lost the Rangers tonight, so they couldn't even help us out, scumbags. Yeah, well, we'll talk about, like, the next up on the schedule in a moment. But, like, you know, I've noticed that the Rangers are now taking all of our back-to-back. So we play the Kings. We give them hell. The Rangers get them the next day. Uh, tomorrow we'll get into our kind of Toronto segment of the conversation. But we play the Leafs and the Rangers get them the next day. So it's like, you know, we're, we're kind of doing the, the hard work for the Rangers and getting these teams first. But uh, no easy game in the National Hockey League, I suppose. No, because you could look at it one way or the other. You're like, oh, they're gonna have, you know, they're they're gonna be they're gonna have a quick jump because they played last night, or they're gonna have bad legs. They played last night. You could, you know, half glass empty with which way you want to look yeah, at it. Yeah, I so, lean I lean towards bad like tired legs every time, but I, agree. I, I get the argument the other way. I've seen it both ways. Obviously, we all we all have, but we can't complain too hard because 2019 we got like every back to back like. I know 2019, but I know we've had, I think, 2019 and another year. It was 
very uh, infamous that we the Rangers would play a team we'd play in the next day or the, a day or two after. So it was always kind of funny. I, I definitely remember 2019. We got a lot of the uh, back-to-backs and the Rangers would play the game in front of us. So I'm not too annoyed about it. It'll probably change throughout the year, but it's whatever. I mean, I, I'm not really too worried about the Rangers right now until we play them. Yeah, me neither. Two months. <laughs> exactly. Shout out Unless NHL. they start slipping and we can catch them, then I'm not going to really think about them too much. Yeah. The stadium series. I don't, yeah, I don't care. Like, it's more about what the other teams in the Metro are doing, like the Hurricanes, and they just keep losing. It's good. They kind of are slipping, though. Haven't they lost a few games recently? I know they lost 4 0 to the Capitals. Are, yeah. I mean, they yeah. won today, but they've been kind of like they got smoked by the Capitals. Yeah. So, I mean, I we kind of. I mean, I guess you don't want that game going to overtime, but. I'm not no, gonna certainly didn't. Not gonna off. stress too heavily heavy right now. I know the Devils lost to the Oilers today. We just gotta keep doing our thing. We're one of the hottest teams in hockey, seven, one and two in our last ten. Awesome, awesome stuff for a team that you know, our playoff hopes were dwindling down but every game per the athletic, so <laughs> that's right, Jana. Um, but dumb. yeah, no, next up, um, next two, we've got Toronto. We could kind of get into our Toronto discourse. Aiden, you had a tweet that made the rounds today. You want to talk on that a little bit? I didn't expect this tweet to go like as, I'm not saying viral, but as far out as it did. I made a poll because I was, I've been having this conversation with myself, as weird as that sounds, about what do we think of John Tavares and the whole leaving Long Island situation in the good year 2023 heading into 2024 in a few weeks. Personally, I, I watch a lot of hockey, as we all know. I don't hate Tavares as much anymore. It's it's four or five years old now. I'm not a fan of his, obviously. But like if I'm watching the Maple Leafs and he scores a goal, I'm not going to be like, oh, man, my day's ruined. It's like whatever at this point. When we play him, I want him to feel hell on earth. I want him booed every time he touches the puck. Fuck that guy. But when we're not playing him, I don't have the energy really to um, care that much about someone not in our division, someone we don't see that often. And it just doesn't really matter as much anymore. He's a fine player. He's not a superstar like he was his first year or, you know, the last few years. He's been all right for them. I, he's a good player. He's a good hockey player. It's not like we lost Wayne Gretzky. It's whatever. It sucks. He's an he's an asshole. He'll always be an asshole. Could he redeem himself? I don't know. But the whole point of this, to get back to the main point, I put a poll out seeing what the what Islanders fans thought of him, and here were the results. I got a lot of comments too, which I was it was kind of cool to see. I wasn't gonna respond to everyone because that would take way too much time, and it is Sunday my day to relax and watch the good football. But I said, hate, here's the three options. Hate him still, like him now and over it, not concerned, but dislike, 611 votes. Wow. Uh, Hate him still, 36%. Like him now and over it, 8%. Uh, Asterisk, because Jake put that one by accident. Uh, Not (laughs) concerned, but dislike, 43%. So a large majority of the people that voted for this poll said they're not really concerned about Tavares but still dislike him. I think that's the way I that's the way I feel personally. If you still hate him, I don't blame you. I get it. But like I mean, I just don't really care as much anymore. We have bigger fish to fry. I wanna crap on Chris Letang and Tom Wilson more. <laughs> we see him more. I hate the Metro guys a lot more than the Maple Leafs. I like watching the Maple Leafs, but 
which I know it's kind of weird. I do enjoy watching like Matthews, Marner, Nylander. Tavares is also just there. But what do you guys feel about John Tavares, who also could be getting, will not be getting, but he's getting close to a thousand points, and he will not get it at UBS tomorrow. Yeah, my feelings are pretty well known, and I, I think you articulated it well. But, you know, I'm not going to be able to forgive him for the way he left and the way that everything went down at the end, um, be it stringing the franchise along, kind of playing us in free agency and leaving. Uh, that stuff's still personal to a lot of fans, and I think you kind of have to let people live with it. Um, I'm less resentful about it, but I still think he's a freak and he shouldn't have done it the way he did it. Um, I also don't, you know, I still get that negative feelings from how the media talked on the Islanders for so long and how they talked about uh, the crown prince coming home and stuff like that and just seeing how quick that the national media up in Toronto will throw you aside if you aren't like, if you're not benefiting the Leafs, you're just kind of in their way. So it's like, it's one of those things and, you know, it, it has kind of... I or shape this group to the point it is and the us versus the world mentality, which like, you know, once this contract ends, I saw someone made a point on your tweet that like, they'll be completely fine. Once this contract ends, I'll, I think I'll be able to be completely fine with Toronto. Once the contract ends, I don't think I'll ever give him like any positive reflection, but you know, I, I think eventually like things will level out between the Islanders and Leafs. Uh, but you know, the cuts are still there with him. So it's, it's complicated. It's- yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, the fan base does react once he leaves Toronto. I, I agree with you. I think it's not a Toronto thing. It, it's a him thing. Obviously, we yeah. all dislike the Toronto media, but what they, like, it's him. We're mad at him, not the media. They all suck, and it's once again an us-against-the-world mentality this year with the big NHL reporters. Oh, the Islanders suck, fire Lou, uh, blah, 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 they're bad. They're, look how many, look how old they are, look how boring they are. Oh, these contracts, shut the front door. Yeah, yeah now that Dubas has gone to Pittsburgh, it's, <laughs> uh, no, but it was like this whole mind hive virus where all the media was working with the GM and everything was just a circle jerk all the time <laughs> for like five years. Now, now that True Living's up there and the GM's valuable, you know, now they won't shut up about the Ryan Reeves contract and stuff like that. But like, it's nice that like the GM actually can mess up instead of having to like every single Alex Yelchenyuk he takes off waivers is now. <laughs> like a golden bird like that was so ridiculous for so long so i think this year has been able to manage with the leaves and we've kind of hit the point where it doesn't feel like they'll win a cup in the next two years by the time that contract expires um so we'll see speaking of dubis yeah. sorry uh, they got another golden turd today and jesse pulharvey that everyone's clamoring over who gives a crap but jake continue <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say that. I was gonna talk about the Panasons getting Pui Harvey. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, obviously on the infamous poll today, I meant to pick um, or um, whatever it was. I'm trying to pull up now. Damn it, they went away. Hold on. Damn no, it. Not hate or um, dislike. I meant, to, say, I meant to do not concerned but dislike, yeah. and I accidentally pressed like him now and over it, which I'm not obviously. Um. You know, I don't, like, openly hate him every day, but, like, I'm going to boo. If I go tomorrow, I, I'm absolutely going to boo him. I'm expecting a lot of people to do the same. So, yeah. I mean, but it's not of our concern unless we play them. So, 
that's kind of where I'm at about it. There's no shot that the, if he comes back to Long Island at any point of his career as a player, that's going to be such a weird thing. It's, there's no way it could happen. I think the bridge has been cut off for too long, too far down the road. There's no way this guy comes back to Long Island ever, right? I don't want to see him as an Islander after everything. It's just kind no, of no. He doesn't you come back to Long Island. I mean, it's it's a good thought exercise, but no, he's he's not coming back. We've treated him too badly, and he's treated the organization too badly. We were just a stepping stone to get where we wanted to be, and I think anyone who kind of does revisionist history at where oh we had all those great memories with him they didn't mean much to him um and they didn't really lead us anywhere close to where we would get without him so i i don't really have much time for those memories even if the team was fun um you could just you know pick out memories from those 13 15 16 years that didn't have him in it and it's completely fine for me yeah i disagree with that personally i I still relish those memories. Like, if I watch an old game or watch old highlights, it's like, oh, you know, the John Tavares era was fun. He fucked up. He was an idiot. But I still enjoy going to the Coliseum all those times. I enjoyed the great memories he did create. And he's just an asshole now. It's like... Yeah, just remember those memories with, like, Casey Sezika scored a goal instead of John Tavares. <laughs> works perfectly fine for me. Is that it for uh, Tavares' discourse? Uh, yeah, um, next game up after this one, just as we kind of close the pod here, uh, we have Toronto next and then Anaheim. We'll probably be back with you guys Thursday before or Wednesday or Thursday before we play the Bruins on Friday. Uh, or it's Friday. Is it the Oilers? No, 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 it's the, the, it's, it's the Bruins. It's the Bruins. It's the Bruins. I'll put it on my list. Oh, it's next week we play the Oilers. Oh, oh yeah, 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 dick. <laughs> uh, but what do you expect out of the next two games? I think this is a classic Islanders. Um, I, You know what? I'll say four points out of four. I feel three out of four, but it feels cowardly. I think we beat the Leafs. Yeah, I think it'll be close. They can't win in regulation, so maybe an overtime win. Uh, I'm going to say we're going to win both, but if we get three out of four, I'm very happy with that. you got to beat Anaheim. Anaheim's 1-11 and zero in their last 12. They suck. I'm still waiting for the hit pieces on the Anaheim Ducks to come out from the Athletic um, any day now. Uh, I think their playoff hopes are dwindling by the second. I don't know. Yeah, though. that's just a... <laughs> They I feel love bad. that GM over there. He uh, he gives them all the scoops and sources. They think he's like they always like talk about uh, what's his name um, Verbeek. Yeah. They they give talk, him a lot Pierre of LeBron talks about him like he's a god. He's like, oh, this is the toughest negotiator in the NHL. <laughs> I'm like, you gave Trevor Zagris probably five million dollars, and it still might be more than he's like worth as a player. But like, I digress. It's like they talk about this guy so highly and never talk about them being on like a ten game losing streak. I mean, to be fair, I think a lot of maybe not, but I feel like some teams, some GMs would have given Zagris the money he probably could have got at that time. Verbeek is a very good negotiator, but, you know, people have been harping on that so much. Maybe they should get someone to win hockey games rather than negotiate. Maybe he's just not... <laughs> Maybe he'd be a better agent is what I'm trying to say here. Uh, in short, Negotiate term. the Killorn deal. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, McTavish is really good. I don't want to see Ryan Strom score. He might not even be in that game. If he's suspended, so fuck Ryan Trump. Who just versus Bertuzzo might fight? That might be sick. Yeah, that'd be good. 
get get Gudis out of the, get him away from any of our guys. I do not want to see him injure anyone. Please, uh, but yeah, anything else, AJ? Before we close the pod, quick. Not really. Very short episode, but we kind of hit everything on the nail right away. I know it is late, and we all have work tomorrow, so I'm not complaining here. This is not a full time job. No. Um, but I'll do our plugs quick. Uh, you can follow AJ on Twitter at Devito Hockey. You can follow Jake on Twitter at Brian Jake. You can follow me on Twitter at Ramarn. You can follow uh, the pod on Twitter at Skates and Stakes. Thanks for making it this far with us, guys. Give us five stars if you can. Really appreciate the love and support lately. And we'll be looking to do some more stuff with you guys around the holidays. Yes, sir.